Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, August 27th. 2020, Book Bistro is almost officially two years old. By the time this episode airs, it will be two years old. And that is amazing. Yes, it is. Anyway, I'm Shannon, and I am here with a collection of bistresses from the very beginning, and those who joined us in the middle, and a new bistress. So here we have Stacy. Kristen and Melissa, Natalia, was supposed to be here, but she is unwell. But tonight we are, we we miss Natalia, it's very sad. But tonight we are here to talk about the wonderful world of the audiobook. Not Disney, but the audiobook. (laughs) So before we get started, I have the usual housekeeping information for you. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And this will just be kind of a free-flowing audiobook chat. I'm going to start by asking these wonderful ladies about narrators they love and why they love them. So, Kristen. Tell me about fantastic narrators. Oh, boy. I have a lot of them, actually, but I'll try to keep my list to a minimum. Um, my top, I want to say three narrators. Um, R.C. Bray, who narrates... Um, all of the Expeditionary Force by Craig Allenson. Um, he also it, It's a sci-fi. It's really good. Um, you have to read it because the AI is hilarious. And he calls humans monkeys. Oh. Um, it, it's, it's delightful. Um, R.C. Bray, he also narrated The Martian originally, but they have taken his version down and had somebody else do it, and I don't know why, because to me that just ruins the book. But anyway, um, my second would be Luke Daniels. That man can do any voice in the universe. He's awesome. And he reads Iron Druid. He reads um, the newest book, Ink and Sigil. He also reads the Hunter Blaine um, books, uh, the Preternatural Chronicles by Hunter Blaine. He does a really oh, yeah, good job. Oh, yeah, you talked about those before. I need to look at those. Yes, he does amazing. And isn't with those. there They're... a Nora Roberts book? He reads um, oh, Whiskey Beach, I know. For yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Because um, I've, o- I've only ever heard him read like fantasy, like fantasy and sci fi type stuff. Um, and then I'd have to say, it's hard to pick my third one, but I, I think I'm going to go with um, Kristen Allenson. She, I really like her. Um, typically, if I see that she's narrating a book, I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up liking it, whether it's my <laughs> typical genre or not. Um, but they just, those are my top three. And just as a side note, I'm sure Stacy is going to agree with me. Yes, I am. She... <laughs> Jim Frangione, who reads uh, Black Dagger Brotherhood series oh, yes. and the Legacy series, he's just amazing. Um, and I actually thought when I started 
uh, what is the second legacy book? Blood Vow. Uh, Vow, yeah. Uh, when I started it, it didn't sound like him at first. And I was like, don't tell me they changed the narrator. Like, I will stop <laughs> reading right now if they've changed the narrator. But it, they didn't. He just sounded different in the beginning. Well, I agree, of course, with Kristen about Jim Frangione. I love him. Um, to me, he is the voice of the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. Um, yes. And I actually, there's a few narrators with him being one of them. It's very hard for me to read different books that he narrates that are not in the Black Dagger Brotherhood world. It's very strange um, <clears throat> to hear his voice. I love him a lot. I think, um, you know, back in the beginning when I used to read reviews back in like 2009, um, there were people who said that he just sounded very dry um, and I feel as though as he's relaxed into the series, um, his sort of, he's, he's become more emotive as he gets to know the world. Um, and it's been a really, I, I've been, I've really loved the evolution of his narration of, of my most favorite series on the planet. Um, I also, and um, I'm kind of, I mean, I miss Natalia, but I'm kind of happy she's not here right now because one of my very favorite narrators is one that she does not agree with me on. And that's Justine Eyre. I really enjoy her narration. Um, I like her too. Yeah. And later I'll talk a little bit more about that, but you know, the, the books that kind of cemented that for me um, is this, this trilogy that's gotten very little recognition um, and it's by um, Juliet Dark, who is a pseudonym for um, Carol Goodman. And uh, it's the, um, the Fairwick trilogy. And she oh, just breathed, yeah, and she's breathed such life into those books that for me, I just, I really love her. So um, she's one of my favorites as well. There are so many others. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, I love Julia Whelan. I love Therese Plummer. Um, oh, yes. A I lot, especially um, Therese Plummer, especially with the um, the Sarah Lyons Fleming, the City series. She was oh, yes. over the top amazing with those books. I mean, I think a lot of people would recognize her if you've listened to Robin Carr's Virgin River. Um, I didn't like her as well in that series. I thought she was boring. But uh, <laughs> if you give her a series with a bit more of a um, high octane plot, um, she really delivers. Uh, and I, I have to mention um, the much beloved um, deceased Anna Fields. Oh. She's one of my favorites. Um, and finally, I, I think I would be remiss if I did not mention Jim Dale. Oh, gosh. Because, yes. Ah, yes. Yeah, because Harry Potter, and Natalia yes. is not here to talk about him. And so, you know, th he's. I love Jim. I can't so read good. Harry Potter anyway, but, you know, nope. but with the audio read by Jim Dale. Um, I know there's other narrators out there. I know there's a British narrator who, well. Stephen Fry. Yep. I can't. I've never listened to his narration. I can't because it's not Jim Dale. You're not so. missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I have many, many more. But, like, I mean, XC Sands I love, especially when she's oh, doing, like, XC Kristen Sands. Higgins. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many beautifully voiced. Oh, and Bonnie Turpin. Bonnie, Bonnie Turpin. Turpin. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I'm new to her, but she reads Yellow Crocus. Yes. Well, and Dread Nation. I was going to say for Dread Nation, she made that book live. Like it was yes. not a book. It was like something elevated above a book. It was amazing. So oh. I love her too. Yeah, she is great. I have to say, as far as uh, Therese Plummer, she teamed up with Luke Daniels in the mm -hmm. series, and they were oh, wow. so, so good together. Yep. That was just phenomenal. And Mika <laughs> asked me to make sure that we mentioned um, the pseudonym that Julia Whalen records under sometimes, which is Sophie Eastlake. Um, oh, yeah. She narrates the Thea Harrison Elder Races series. And that seems to uh, be one of Mika's favorites. Melissa, narrators that you love? Scott Brick is number one. I love yes. him in his... Uh, I've mostly heard him read in uh, Greg Owl's books. Um, oh, yes. Number two would be Susan Wait, before you, 
before you switch from Scott Brick, I have to say he read um, The Last Tribe by Brad Manuel, which is one of my favorite books. Oh, he did an yes. amazing job with that. Um, yes, I forgot that one. <laughs> yeah, and he read some of the Dean Koontz books back in the day also. It's true. I don't remember which ones, but it is true. I've heard, he, I've read books with him narrating, but I don't remember what they were, but I, I did like him. I mean, so he's a really nice mellow cadence when he reads. I don't yeah. always love him. And I once have. I tweeted that I was very sort of unimpressed by his narration with something. Uh-oh. And then I was <laughs> no. a little bit mortified because he answered me. And he said oh. that sometimes he was unimpressed with, you know, his performances. Um, and so he was really sorry you know, that that was my experience. Wow. Oh, wow. my God, Shannon. What did you do? I, I didn't really do anything. I was just, like, really embarrassed. I kind of laughed and, like, was glad that, you know, he couldn't actually, like, see me or, like, know who I was. Um <laughs> But I've always been really careful, like, what I tweeted after that, because I don't want anyone else to talk to me about <laughs> things I don't like. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little uh, that was mortifying. Wild. Yeah, that was not the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two is Susan Erickson. Oh, yes. All the <laughs> she reads all the in-depth books, and I found a book by Eric Jerome Dickey where she is talking as a female character. She's a female hitman kind of person. And yeah, there's a certain scene in there where this guy is pleasuring her and she just decides to kill him. <laughs> okay. All right then. <laughs> And, and because of her narration, you've never forgotten it, right? I was like, wow, this is badass. <laughs> I've never had a narrator really enact the intensity of the whole scene. And, oh, dear. And there's a beach in the background. So, <laughs> wow. She's Whoa. talking about the sky and all this. And then she's getting into it. And then she goes, and then you hear this gunshot, and she's like, oh, it's so sad that I had to kill him. <laughs> oh, yeah, so sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's wow. So sad. <laughs> I don't really have words. No, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> uh, wow, it's nice that. to meet you, <laughs> Melissa. You're <laughs> I had to rewind it. I had to stop the whole book because that scene just. I was sitting there going, "Oh, what should oh. happen?" <laughs> I'd say number three would be um. Oh, what's her name? Kristen Allison, of course. Yes. I love the love way her. she reads, and I love Erin Jones. I also like David Hartley Margolin. Um, he reads a lot of bard books. And of course, Dion Graham. I can go on for hours about Dion Graham because he's so I was so afraid hot. you weren't going to mention him. Like, I'm surprised he's at the bottom of this list. I thought he would be like, <laughs> I know, right there at the top. <laughs> well, no, he, that doesn't mean he's not mentionable. <laughs> he's I, I at understand. The bottom. I understand. <laughs> What did I just read, like, this summer that he read? Dion Graham, Dion Graham. Wasn't he has, like, a low... The guy in one of the Kristen Higgins? Um... Yes. Yes. Oh. Did he read, um, oh, was he the hot voice in um, Life and Other Inconveniences? Was that Dion Graham? I believe so. I think so. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. He can read to me whenever he wants. He... <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we all love Bernie bonnie turpin yes yes we do yes Yes. she is really good i i remember her on the help the help oh yes i need to find other books by her because i've only heard one i don't think i would have enjoyed the book nearly as much without her narration she just like brought it to life yeah her and the 
I don't know who the other who played Minnie did the voice of Minnie. Oh, she was oh, great I don't too. Remember. She was mm-hmm. very good though. I um Bonnie Turpin won an Audi Award mm-hmm. this past year for something, and I think this was her first one. And mm-hmm. it was so, so incredibly well deserved because she is amazing. Yes. She also does um, a series that Sarah begs me to read on the regular. And I'm, I've, yes. Um, the uh, uh, Downside Ghosts. Downside Ghosts. I love Downside Ghosts. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the only reason why I've kept reading is because of her, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's taking me some time to warm up to the characters, but her voice keeps me picking the book back up um, every few months and reading yeah, a couple she's chapters. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. She's so, so good. Yeah, she is. And uh, I, w- I love Susan oh, Torrance, but only when she reads the um, Hannah Swenson books. Oh, Susan Torrance, like, yeah. I don't like a lot of her other narrators, narrations, but I do like it when she reads it. She does a really good cat meow. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it, it pays to be able to meow well. Ask, yes. Ask my cats, they'll tell you. Yeah, so those are some of my favorites. I can go on and on forever, but we don't have that much time, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. This episode like does have to end eventually, otherwise people will be really upset. <laughs> so some of my favorites. First up, absolutely must be Cassandra Campbell. Oh, oh yes. I love so very much. Um, you know, partly because she narrates all of the Yasmin books. Um, the Yasmin Gallinorn books that are in audio. Mm-hmm. And so that just makes her like part of my essential um, narrator is she, portfolio. Is she the one that read Autumn? Autumn yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I like her. I really like her then. Yes. I, I, I don't also, always pay attention to the names. <laughs> ah, I also really love Tavia Gilbert. Yes. Um, her narration of Amy Harmon's A Different Blue um, it's like one of the best things ever. Um, I give huge props to narrator Kate Redding um, for both her marvelous reading of American books as well as British books with such fantastic accents, no matter what she reads. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow her on Facebook and she's just this like very warm, kind person. Um, she's just very, very excellent. And, of course, Rosalind Landor, who reads oh. so many great British historicals. Um, the Heiress Effect by Courtney Milan will forever be one of my favorite historical romances. And her narration is so good. And a newer narrator is Michael Crouch. And oh, he, yes. he read part of um, The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. And it was just a really, really lovely performance in pretty much every way. So those would be some of the ones that I love. There are obviously many more. Like, I really think Renee Rodman does a great job with the Alona Andrews books. Even Agreed. though, Yes. Even though I don't love her in, like, all other series, I really like what she does with Alona Andrews. Um, I would say similar things about like Corey James who mm-hmm. reads the um, E. Knight historical fiction books about the Tudors. Um, so there are a lot of people mm. who I like in some things, but not, you know, not mm. all the way around. Who, do you know who reads the Hollow series? Cause I really like her. Yes. Marguerite Gavin. Okay. Um, well, mm. n- the, it's the bard narrator, not the author. Oh, Margaret Strom. Yes. Okay. So she just doesn't do accents very well. But other than that, I really like her narration. So for people who don't know, Bard um, is the Braille and audio reading download download. service for people who are visually impaired or otherwise disabled. So um, not everybody gets books from Bard, but if you have certain disabilities, you can qualify for them. And so there are many narrators um, that are strictly Bard narrators, and then also some who move back and forth between Library of Congress and commercial narration. And Margaret Strom, I think, has a couple of commercial narrations, but I see her mostly on Bard. Bard, yeah. And she does do the Hollows. 
books there. So audiobooks, there's a lot of controversy surrounding audiobooks, and I get really tired of seeing it. Um, but I saw an article the other day with the title, Will Audiobooks Melt My Brain? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I saw that audio yes. article. And it was all about, you know, audiobooks and how, like, certain people are very resistant to reading books in audio format and sort of, you know, is an audiobook still a book? Are you still reading if you're listening yes. to an audiobook? Oh, my And so I just want to talk a little bit about not just from a disability standpoint, although I think for those of us with disabilities, the, not invention exactly, but the, the mainstream use of audiobooks has been a game changer for the amount of things that I can read as a blind person, um, that I'm not waiting years for things to show up um, through the Library of Congress. So I want to talk a bit about kind of what makes audiobooks a unique and yet still a reading experience. Um, so Stacy, do you want to start us out with this? Yes. Um, so I think for me, um, you know, I was kind of talking a little bit about um, sometimes when you read an audio book that kind of something about the performance elevates it even above kind of like a typical reading experience. Is this what you want me to talk about right now, Shannon? Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Hume. Okay. So sometimes you, you um, and I, I call it reading an audiobook. I don't call it listening because I, it's, it's how I read um, for the majority of the time. Um, and I just want to kind of go back and say a little bit for a second here. Um, you know, Braille books that are produced, if, if that's how you choose to read, back when I was younger, um, the supply and demand of Braille could not keep up with the speed at which I was reading. Yes. And I think most of us mm -hmm. can understand this. Mm -hmm. and, and, yes. and so, you know, the only other option at the time was audiobooks on tape. We don't, we yes. didn't have like Kindle. We didn't have like a mm -hmm. Braille display that could be hooked up to a device. So you could read, um, you know, uh, printed material. So you, you got what you got. And so in order for me to be able to read at the volume that I, I wish to read, I, I had to be okay with audiobooks. Um, and so, you know, I'm very passionate about the fact that I'm an avid reader. And for me, the thought of someone sort of deriding like what I value so highly, it just, it hurts my soul because I consider myself to be a very avid um, reader of, of many genres. Um, but to, to kind of go back to, um, you know, sometimes then you find a narrator who can sort of elevate what you're reading to just even more of an experience than you could possibly get if you were just reading the book in print. And I sort of alluded to this, but one of those for me, I would have to say is the Fairwick trilogy by Justine Eyre. And I kind of have a girl crush on her for that series. Um, the way that she, <laughs> got so, I mean, I was so invested in, in Callie and her experiences in this little college town in upstate New York. And, you know, the, all of the different um, people and creatures that she encountered in this town because of the way that Justine Eyre basically like acted out this entire book and made it feel like um, the characters in this book were my friends. Um, and so I don't know if I would have loved these books as much if I would have read them in print or if I would have found them on Kindle and read them using my iPhone, my iPhone's um, robotic voice. But she made this experience. I mean, I read these books every probably once a year, once every year and a half because of how she reads them. I, I miss Fairwick if I don't go back and visit. And it's because of the way she voiced these characters. Um, you know, the same is true of Harry Potter with Jim Dale, for sure. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> also, I would say um, I feel that way about the way that Angela Daw read, especially the first couple of the, um, uh, were they the McBride, the Mackenzie, Mackenzie, the, oh, um, by yes. Jennifer Ashley. I have um, not again, read those yet. She, 
uh, it's not usual for me to get sort of like hot and bothered by a woman reading a man's um, lines in a book. Um, but the way that she made these Scottish men speak was sort of hot. Um, January Lavoie. I mean, the way that oh, she was, yes. again, like Ooh. there's just some narrators who have this power to take a book that's already good and then elevate it to something that is sort of transcendent and beyond amazing. And I think that is such a talent. So I'm not sure if I'm articulating this well, but you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about good narration. Um, I and would if, add if, Nicole Poole, um, oh AKA my gosh, Justine yes. O'Keefe to that, um, to that list of sort of transcendent narrators who can take books that are already really excellent, but just sort of push them over the edge into something really extraordinary. I mean, can I just give an example quickly of Nicole Poole while you brought her up? Um, she just read the new Susan Elizabeth Phillips book, Dance Away With Me, that came out this summer. And while that book was not my favorite, um, I love Susan Elizabeth Phillips, but this wasn't my favorite of her, her offerings. There's a scene that she read that even while I'm thinking to myself on one hand, this is totally wackadoodle. I, I don't understand like why this is happening. I actually was like blinking tears back because of the emotion that Nicole Poole sort of infused into that scene and it made it feel more important to me than it would have if I would have tried to read that same scene um, in the book. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but I don't want to. I don't know that book, but I mean, other narrators do that for me, but I mean, so I get what you're talking about there. Yeah. That one is sitting on my iPad. I haven't. Oh, you haven't read it yet? Okay. Not yet. Okay. I want to, because there's a lot of stuff to talk, you know, a lot of people have talked about it and I, I'm curious to see what I think just overall of the book, but I haven't gotten there yet. Well, just make sure you read it with Nicole Poole because I think she'll I make it go. She'll, she'll elevate it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't not like, I wouldn't not read it now that I know that that's who narrates it. I, yeah, I would have to read it that way. Um, so unless anybody else has anything specific to add on this um, topic of elevation, I'm going to. It's Melissa. I have something to add. I'm probably older than a lot of you. I remember when we used to get from, we didn't have Bard. And like Stacy said, we had the, we had the, all the Braille books, but they, for some reason, thought that blind people couldn't really read, should read adult fiction. And, oh, that's true. <laughs> and, they didn't, and they didn't have, um, they didn't have many tapes. So they had the big old records. The third three and the third records with the, oh, wow. with the and you get this big record player in the mail. And, I th- and I used to have one of those, and they had. <laughs> did you? I had Wait, one of the record players. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It was oh after God. the record player time, but I had one, and oh. it, but it didn't use the big records. It used like the thirty-three and a third little tiny plastic, yeah, yeah the, plastic little records. This, flimsy one or you get the big yes. ones in the yep. in the plastic case yeah these or, ones yeah. that you could like bend in half almost yes <laughs> those are flexible the and they call ones. them flexible disc and like yes for yeah, a long time in their catalog they would call them like fd two three five and i'm like oh my god that means it's still on record and yes you know to think about that melissa when you talk about that you know part of the experience was back when we were young when i was reading all the gothics that still came on record you'd get it and you'd pray like oh i hope it doesn't have a bunch of skips in it or Ratchet i'm gonna miss it, it. Yeah. or the needle yes. isn't bad in the record um the other day this topic actually came up in the audible facebook group um about whether if you're listening to an audiobook do you do you answer like if somebody says oh i've i read that and they're talking about reading the print book do you answer, oh, I've read that too, even though you listen yes. to it in audio. And I made yeah. a point in a comment, and a lot of people liked it, that I was like, you know, as an audio or as a blind person who depends on audiobooks mainly because Braille is too bulky to have and keep around. Right. I was like, I, I say yes that I have read it in audio. I said, but I do read Braille, but 
I mean, would I say I felt that book and I liked it? Like, <laughs> that's not no. Yeah, that's I like not, not what I heard say. So you know, I've I've you know, yeah. I don't want to say I heard that book. I've read that book. I don't think it's about whether you read it with your fingers, your eyes, or your ears. I think it's all about you know whatever it's, medium it's works best. That and it's still going into your brain. You're still You're learning. Still You're absorbing. still absorbing. It's not about which you know, body part takes it in. It's about how the brain perceives it. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, we're all out there tonight, but... So before we... Which sense you use, too? I didn't have another term there. I just... <laughs> so before we get, like, too, you know, caught up in, in body parts here... <laughs> I have to talk about the absolute bane of my existence um, at, as a reader, as an audio reader. And some of you, one of you will agree with me, I know. The other two, I'm not sure about. So here we go. I go hate, it. hate, hate full cast <gasps> audio. Oh my gosh, Boom. me Boom. too. It's too <laughs> odd. Oh, so odd. Yeah. I wanted a play. I would that offend I you? I would watch it. No, no, no that it, depends. It, it depends oh. for me, like what book it is. Because oh, no. I read Emma by Jane Austen that way, um, <laughs> with the full cast, and I really liked it. But if I, when I actually tried to read the actual book, I was bored. Okay, so that's, that's it fair. just. It depends on like the it depends on the book for me. I know there's not all books can be who are like supporting this now, like Emma or oh. Lauren Blakely. I think yes. there's a lot of her books full cast, and um, I'm in an audio book group, and people are like, oh my gosh, I love the full cast, and I'm like, no, I just want to read the book. If if the person can read well, I'm not listening to this book to get like a full like theatrical experience. I just want to read the damn book. I don't need to have. Like right, twenty five voices like, acting in a bad this book play. Out. No, See, I, I love plays though. So I mean, I think that's what appeals to me, especially if it's a if it's a good book. Now, Audible's full cast version of Little Women annoys Ew. me. Ew. Oh my god! Ew. I didn't even know um, that existed. Man. I didn't yes. either. But when I was younger, I had a um, full cast production of Little Women on cassette tape, and it was with different. Um, different actors and actresses obviously and that one I enjoyed a lot that's how I first read Little Women but the audible version is the the girls the four girls um their voices just tweak my nerves in bad positions it's not good (laughs) (laughs) so I I enjoy theater I I always have but so do I when I sit down to read a book it's not 20 people reading it Right. It's not the theater experience that I want. The one exception, and there literally is only one exception that I have to this, is Sadie by Courtney Summers, which Mm. is told kind of like a podcast. And so you hear like different people who are being interviewed. And that Mm. is the one full cast audio production that I did really, really like. Other ones, it just kind of reminds me of people acting in like a subpar play. And I... Can't handle that. You would like the night swim, I think. I think you would like the night swim. Oh, the night swim. So, yeah, I read the night swim. um, There was only two narrators who are very good, by the way. Yes. And and I just can't remember. Dual narration bugs me. I don't like dual narrations. Dual narrations. Dramatized. Okay, so dual narration, like where you have a guy reading the man's part and a girl reading the girl's part. And sometimes they even do it. Like if they're talking to each other, oh, they go back I and forth. That. See that? That drives like me insane. Bad play. Hate it. So, but if that it's like a dramatized of- version, like, I don't know, like really good dramatization. Cause that's how I read Lord of the Rings. I can't read the Lord of the Rings books, but that's how I read Never Lord have. of the Rings the first time with the, dramatization and it just it really made it 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 was better than the (laughs) movies to me because it had all the sound effects the music the different characters talking it was really like seeing a play for me and I I enjoy that but it really does depend on the book 
So I don't mind dual narration. Like if, if um, let's just say it's a, a male and female narrator, if they read the entire chapter from the point of view of that character, I'm cool. Yeah, um, yeah that's fine. Yeah, but that's you know, fine. like yeah, um, I can tolerate the, that. There was this period of time, and it happened with some of the Karen Marie Monning books, God. her Fever series. Um, it also happened actually with the first in one of my favorite, um, the City series by Sarah Lyons Fleming. Um, yes, where where they were going back and forth like that, and I was able to get past it. But it really, to me, is very jarring because I just want to read the book. I don't want to hear the, the, the different voices kind of took me out of, like, this deep you out of the zone. well of, like, this zone that I go to when I read because it kept mm-hmm. – the voice kept changing. I know for some people, they like the more dramatized versions of audio, but I'm not reading for acting. That's, that's how I read. So sometimes right. – it gets to me. So I don't know if that's what you mean, Shannon, but that's kind of that how I exactly feel. exactly what I mean. That it's, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm reading a book at that point. It becomes like a production. Like I'll be, you know, I read a lot of times before I fall asleep. And so I'll just be like all nice and relaxed and calm. And then all of a sudden there's this other voice. And I'm like, yeah, oh, like, where'd you come from? Go, go away. I, yeah. See, I like like graphic audio where it's, it's done really well, but the, some of the, full cast productions that audible does it's not you know it's not realistic to me and so the books are better but then there's some books that just the actual book has way too much detail and not enough action and so that's where the dramatization comes in and makes it more of a story for me can i bring up a topic shannon about audiobooks Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. So I find this very interesting and I'm, I'm going to hopefully do my best not to say this in an offensive kind of way. Um, but that is how I read. Like we've established um, primarily audio nowadays with, with Kindle being more accessible using my Kindle app on my phone. I can, you know, listen to the robotic voice and there's other, you know, Braille, but primarily I read in audio. And so over the years um, back when I was back when I was young and, we had horses and buggies that took us to school. No, but you know, back in the day, <laughs> before, right? Really? You know, <laughs> but before commercial narration was like a buzzword and so popular, and it was like everywhere, you got what you got for narrators, and so you either sucked mm-hmm. it up buttercup or you didn't get to read the book. True. And so, and so, what I find now is that um, when I'm reading reviews of narrators, people are just assholes about narrators and they just say really harsh things and I'm like you know Mm -hmm. like if you even knew like what I had to put up with in order to read a book I mean remember back in college when our textbooks were read by volunteers who would cough and burp and recording for the blind and and dyslexic and they'd clear their throats and swallow their spit it was you know I mean that's bad narration that's bad that's horrible You know, oh, it was and, horrible. And yes, yeah, some I don't of these people I now, <laughs> I don't know either. In fact, I didn't read much in college. I relied on other ways because sometimes I get some of these volunteers and I'd be like, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? Like, I can't even, you know, like, I, I get attention. Yeah. You go from a 15 year old to a 90 grandfather. <laughs> reading oh my Audrey God. Laws. And- Orgy oh. Lord zombie the new spelling of my name to a British lady reading it. And I'm like, yeah, they just like switched what? randomly. Every, like, yeah, every, yeah. Um, and they were so slow. I remember one time I was reading a book and I got like through 15 pages of a book on one uh-huh. side of the cassette. And I'm like, what? I, so anyway, Whoa. you know, I Go guess faster. <laughs> I, you know, I feel, I feel, um, I'm, I'm much more tolerant of narration. Of course, there are some narrators that I can't stand. And if I can avoid mm. them and read the book in a different format, I will. There's one narrator that to me sounds like a hissing snake with a throat infection. And oh, dear. Um, she's, a, mm-hmm, she's a very popular mm. uh, narrator, especially of um, historical romance. And so mm. when I <laughs> see her name, and I'm not going to say it because um, A, she's popular, and B, I don't want to hurt her feelings because she doesn't know she sounds like a hissing snake who has a throat <laughs> infection. But, um, you know, I... <laughs> I, I just, I mean, there are people that I do kind of try to avoid, but I don't feel like it's okay to go on to the different, you know, audiobook sites and trash a narrator's work just because you feel like they didn't have enough, like they weren't acting the book out sufficiently for someone. Like, 
this is someone reading a book to you. And if the person has good diction and pacing and, and can articulate things correctly, that's all I really care about for the most part. So but I, I don't feel know like how you there feel. are, I feel like there are two sides to that because on one hand, I think, yes, like you are absolutely right that we put up with some horrible things just for the sake of, of access, because that's all we had. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we didn't buy most of those. Correct. So I feel like yeah. if you are a consumer and if you are actually, you know, spending money, you have at least a certain expectation that something is going to be like to your liking. Now, I'm not saying that you should, you know, say like terrible, rude things to people because I don't think you should, whether you're talking to an author, a narrator, a reviewer, like yeah, that's just, right. that's not necessary. But I feel like, you know, there are people who narrate and I don't understand like how it is that they get paid to do this because it's, <laughs> it's dreadful. And I think like, why am I listening to this? Like, why did I pay however much money, you know, the, aud- mm-hmm. the like audible credit cost? Like, why am I paying for this? Like, this is ridiculous. And what if I bought it like from a bookstore? Then I wouldn't mm-hmm. just be spending an audible credit. I'd be spending like $40 or some crap. And yeah. <laughs> like, that's terrible. So I think always, I feel like reviews are, are for readers, not so much for narrators or authors. And so I feel like if I can write a review and I can say, you know, this didn't work for me because, and I can list for you the reasons why it didn't, then I feel like that's, that's a fair review. If I write a review and say, well, like, I hate this person and they sound like crap and they, you know, I I just, I don't want to hear their voice, then that's, that's no good. I don't think there's any reason to make an author or a narrator feel bad just because the book didn't work for you for whatever reason. I think, you know, you need to write an honest and coherent, fair review, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. No. A lot of people are. But, you know, that's why, like, I'm very thankful for the, for the BARD service because it's free for people with disabilities and, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, that is their only way of reading because they can't afford a Audible membership. But I'm also thankful that I'm able to have Audible as well because if, if the Bard narrator and the Audible narrator are different and I prefer Audible, then I have the means to go in and buy that book. Um, but a lot of people don't have that option. And then if, especially those people who go and review the narrator horribly and are just jerks I feel like you know you you didn't pay for that 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 was done out of the goodness of somebody's heart because they're a volunteer you know you don't really have a whole lot of room to to judge there no I think we there's always a sense of you know I should not have to endure this whatever this terrible thing is (laughs) and I think we got really used to enduring you know quite a bit of of yuckety narration over the years. Like that's just what there was. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so I but think we didn't what, know any different back then. We didn't know. No, it's true. I mean, Cause that's all there was. We didn't know any different. So, I mean, people that we wouldn't listen to now are people we had to listen to then. It's true. It's true. The people who, you know, burp partway through my textbook. Um, I think I <laughs> always sort of knew that like that, <laughs> that was not okay. Um, no. <laughs> And I would. Sometimes I'm not the only one that had someone burping oh, or pick up their coffee and take a slurp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> slurp. You can hear like trains going by. And I was like, wow. And I'm supposed to like study. I thought you guys great. edited this stuff, but no. <laughs> so I figured like the podcast, right? That no one is paying us to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like the right. podcast is produced better on our like no budget platform here. Than like a lot of the RSV stuff was <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, recorded books is good. They were one of the yeah. like initial. First, yeah, recorded yeah, books and then one of the books, on tape. books on tape. Yeah, and Brilliance, Brilliance and Dove Audio, which oh, isn't around anymore. I don't, anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I don't think it's here anymore. anymore. Um, there was Books in Motion for a while where you could rent them and then send oh, them I back. Oh, I think there still is Books in books Motion. Free. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah. Is that like That's Books Free? Never heard books of Books Free used to send us a, 
books for you to send me a, a DVD in a, in a package, and then I would return it. And yeah, kind like of like that. Yeah. yeah, kind of like that. It was like they would send you. Um, I read a couple of Catherine Coulter books that way, where you rented uh-huh. them. Oh, I like. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you sent them back. Um, they were on mm-hmm. cassette rather than DVD, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I think like audio, the Netflix for audio. The Netflix, kind of, right? Yes, this is exactly what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Or Blockbuster. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like audiobooks over, you know, even the time, like, that I have been using them have come just a hugely long way. Long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I am most grateful for is that they give us choice. Um, we can make some of those choices now as far as like how we read. Do I want to pay and get this as an audiobook, or do I want to pay the 99 cents and grab it on Kindle? Like right. I can do either thing just like anyone else. And I, I you appreciate can do that. Both and get the audible version for a cheaper price. You, <laughs> you could do that. I, I don't <laughs> usually do that, but you could. I don't either, but yeah. I do. I do yeah. just because it because it if I don't have any credits and I, if the Kindle oh. book is like a dollar or ninety nine cents or something like that, you can get the Audible narration for like seven dollars. And so yes, I Sometimes will times two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Whisper yeah. Sync used to be like so much cheaper, mm-hmm. and I did it then. I don't so much do it now that they've gone up um, in price. But like Whisper Sync, you could get for like three ninety nine sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was. A big I'm, fan I'm of that. much more willing to pay like seven forty nine for narration versus the fifteen or twenty dollars that sure. I have to pay to you just know, buy it outright. Yeah. Shannon, you brought up a good point though, and I think you know I don't want to get all like sappy and dramatic, but to talk about what it means now to have that level of choice, um, it just I just remember twenty years ago. Um, you know, being a young adult and going to the bookstore to get a book with my oh, mom and yeah. she would drive us, my, my twin and me, and we'd go and we were at that time, um, romance only readers and the romance <laughs> like section so was so small and it was always a bridge. So it'd be like, yes, you know, yes. like a, a 12 hour book would be about two and a half hours. And I there can't were times, abridged. Oh, and and there were times I would leave the bookstore like fighting back tears with all I had because all around me, I'd be standing there knowing there were shelves of books higher than my head all around me. Mm -hmm. And like what that's how I found you. I went went into a bookstore once and I found that Laura Kinsale had a new book, My Sweet Folly. And I didn't know because it wasn't available to me in a format that I could read in. And when I was young, my mom would read to me. So I did get to have books when they were new. But I'm sorry, I love my mother and I'm not going to have her reading to me about the throbbing manhood or the whatever. No, like, no, so, oh, no. For real. Right. And um, nor would she have wanted to read that to her daughters. But, you know, there were times and she always understood, like sometimes I would leave the store and be almost in tears and just sort of like act out about something, even like in college and get kind of sassy. And she knew it wasn't because I was trying to be bratty. It was because I had no choice. I had no options. I was not right. like, ex- the way I needed to read was not accepted Discipline. commercially. And now mm-hmm. you look ahead to now and it's, you know, you have audiobooks, you have Kindle books, you have things in digital braille that you can just download onto your device. I mean, it's, you have the same choice as anyone else. As long as the book is somehow digital, we're no mm-hmm. longer left behind. And I do think that, you know, just with the evolution of audible books, that's an amazing thing, but just having the ability to choose is like so powerful. And especially when this first started like, you know, exploding about 10 years ago, there were times I get a book, I read a chapter, I set it back. I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I, it's, I don't need to finish this book. Just the fact that I can choose this book and then put it down and move on to something else was like, yeah, just a, it's yeah. revolutionary to me. Just like I, anyone I'm, I'm else could read. Yep. Yeah. yep. So yep. anyway, I, I agree. Do, I do think it's amazing. The, the, I do think it's amazing the era we live in today, but you know, I mean, it, it really is amazing how we can just kind of jump between Kindle or, you know, audio or Braille and not even think about it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I think like the crux of this episode, um, you know, through all the kind of like the silliness and, and just opinions that we all have, 
I think is that reading is reading however you choose to do it. And if you are an mm-hmm. audio reader, um, we, we love you. We yes. love audio books and people who read them. So I want people who love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, think- I want to, Oh, sorry. Really, really, really quickly, I think, too, and this is not just for blind people, but, you know, for anybody, if you have time to sit down and actually read a print book, I, you know, that's great. But I know for me, I can't sit still long enough to read a Braille book. I have to be able to to move and to be able to get things done in life. And, you know, this audio means I can read Mm -hmm. on the bus. I can read while I'm cooking dinner. I can read Mm -hmm. while I'm washing dishes. So it's... You know, it's also about convenience, but if you have the time to sit down and read on your Kindle or read a print book, you know, that's, that's great. But also Braille is bulky. Um, getting those books back and forth to the library is a pain. Oh, so, you know, audio is all about convenience as well. And that's all about that BRS. Can't read. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's a big thing. And, you know, there's a huge group for audible, um, on Facebook and it's official audible and there's a ton of people in there and they love their audiobooks and so it's nice to to have that it's nice to know there's that many like-minded people out there book people are the best yes. yeah, no matter how you read them it's <laughs> true or what genre you read <laughs> ah yes so I want to say thank you to Stacy and Kristen and Melissa for having an epic audiobook chat with me this evening. Yeah. And of course, um, thanks goes out to Christine, whose job is much harder tonight because these free-flowing discussions, I think, are a little trickier to edit <laughs> than some of the um, like round-robin book recs that we give. And thank you so much to each and every one of you who join us, whether it's your first time listening to us or whether you've been here for a while now. We appreciate you so much. And as we kind of bring our second year um, of Book Bistro to you, it's, it's just really amazing that people have hung in all this time and listened to us talk about all the fantastic books that we love. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.